the blast from our past network. Sorry, you got a RoboCop. You got an alien cop. Huh? You got a ghost cop? Leon, I told you I don't have time. You got a vampire cop? Murphy. Good evening, Sergeant Reed. Do you know there's a warrant out for your arrest? Yes. I was just checking. What can I do for you? Please direct me to the rehab staging area. Oh, well, it's down the hall. You can't miss it. Thank you. You may want to call the fire department. Water, 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 Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. Along with me this week is co-host Dean. Get in here, Dean. Hey, Tim, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Uh, What's up with me? Robocop 3. Oh, wow. You just got right into it. Spoiler alert. No, no, no yeah. intro here. We're just getting right to the right to Robocop 3. Yeah. Hey, um, try to guess who I am. Okay. Try okay. To guess okay. Okay. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. I don't have many friends. Uh, Robocop. No, I was just playing myself. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> but Robo- Robocop actually said that in this movie. Great oh, line. Great line. That's sad. It's a sad, yeah. it's a sad, but great line. I'm glad they threw it in yeah. there. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. Yeah. Tough, tough not to have uh, friends. Uh, who am I? Who am I? Um, hey, do you need your vest? Uh, no, no, thanks. I'm off duty. Lewis. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You got it. What a bad call. Lewis. What a bad call. Oh, I can't wait to complain about Lewis. <laughs> you know that's coming, right? Lewis, if someone asks you for a vest, you say yes. <laughs> yeah. In, if someone says, do you need your dude, vest? You just say yes. In fucking Detroit City in Robocop? What? Let's just say yes. <laughs> you should be wearing two vests at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bad call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ba- bad call. I don't have many friends. That time it was Robocop. Yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, good hey, I've seen this movie before, but all I remembered from it was a cyborg ninja, and that I didn't like it all that much. What, what yeah. about you? Um. Yes, I had seen it before, and same. All I could really remember is the cyborg ninja... Who's not really in it that much? I know, it's not really right? much Cyborg Ninja, but that's all I can remember. Ah, I wonder why. Yeah. 
I wonder why. I, I yeah. want to say that's what I stood out to us. <laughs> yeah, I want to say it was because the ninja was so cool, but it's not. It's okay. The ninja is not cool. I mean, Tim, we know a lot about ninja now. So like that ninja was really not cool, but I don't know. Some of the like stuff they were doing with the ninja was cool. Like some, I, I'm thinking basically the face of the ninja getting fucked up was kind of cool. That was cool. But I didn't even remember that. Yeah. When I it did, happened yeah, this time, I'm like, I oh, didn't remember that either. Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just remembered the ninja, the robot ninja. Yeah. Really weird. I don't know. Not that cool. No, not so much. Um, still lots of fun to be had in this movie. Don't worry, everybody. Yep. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. I mean, I have to say this is probably like easily the worst of the three. Easily. But still some fun to be had. Yeah. Two's, two's one of those movies that's like, you kind of know it's not that great, but you have a lot of fun with it. You know, I just like, I really like it. I like watching two. I will for sure watch two many more times. Three's like, okay, you know, that was that was pretty good, but I don't know if I'm going to watch that again. I don't know if I'm going to run out to watch that one again. Two was good. I like two. Two's good. I yeah. will for, sh- for sure watch one again. Uh, oh, yeah. I will watch two, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say I will watch three one more time during my life okay okay but that's that's it that's the ceiling for this yeah. one it's a good count it's a good count i'll probably watch it a few more times because it's part of the trivia league i'm in and uh for some reason things about this movie don't stick in my brain so i might have to re-watch it before matches that it's going to be a part of yeah for sure uh i'll give you a quick trivia um who, who what's the name of the resistance fighters leader What's the name of the Resistance Fighters leader, uh, Bertha? Yeah, you got it. I didn't even have to give <laughs> yes. you four options. Yes. I knew you'd pull that Woo. out. Bertha. Wow. Frank Miller is back to help write the script, and they used some unused ideas from his RoboCop 2 script as well, which is Yeah, fun. we can see that. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, because we re- we reviewed the, uh, the comic, the um, yeah. RoboCop 2 you know, unreleased script comic with Corey. Check that out, everybody. But in there, we we saw a lot of things that are in this movie. So yeah, that was fun. That was actually turned out to be a really fun bridge episode between RoboCop 2 and yeah. 3 for that reason. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to see some of those things pop up and uh, really confusing for me who plays trivia. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there won't be any trivia about the comic book, right? No, but talk about mixing ideas. I'll be like, yeah. wait, that was in two, but it wasn't in two. It was in the comic of two. Right, right. Shit. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck with all that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Um, I, th- I think my main issue with this movie is that I don't buy this world as believable. Mm. And oh, yeah. Okay. M- maybe that's asking too much out of uh, a RoboCop movie, but like RoboCop 1 as wild of an idea that RoboCop 1 is, they built up that world enough that I could buy it happening. Like, I I felt it as a realistic thing. In this one, I think they relied uh, heavily on the viewer already knowing the world, so they didn't do any world building, but I think that ended up causing it problems, and it didn't really work for me. 
Tim, that is the nail on the head. Uh, I was trying to think, what is it that doesn't work? What is it that I, I don't really buy into? I'm not as engaged in this movie as I was in the other ones. That is it. It's the world bu- building. They just tell you stuff instead of really building stuff. You know, instead of like, you know, there's splatter punks, there's rehabs, but they're just saying things and then those people are just there. There's right. no buildup of that. And uh, so I don't, you're right. I don't feel like I'm in that world. I don't feel like I even understand the world. It doesn't feel real. That's it. That's You got it. I got it. Uh, good for me. They do have some good ideas uh, that they actually executed really well in this movie. So yeah. um, there was still, you know, good times being had. Like Robocop working with a team of resistance fighters. Great. Yep. Uh, I like that OCP is purchased by a Japanese organization. And that organization has a cyborg of their own. Of course. Yep. You know, and it's like arguably better than <laughs> than RoboCop. Yeah, fun. The rehabs are cool. I think they had a huge miss here, though. I think there's a couple huge misses for me in this movie, and this is one of them with the rehabs. Yeah, because we'll talk about it a little bit later. But there's that weird animated Johnny Rehab commercial. They missed out on Johnny Rehab being an actual character in this movie, like for the, sure, like the leader of the rehabs yeah. just Johnny rehab, you know, big buff guy, blonde hair, you know, this perfect looking dude. And he's the one leading the rehabs and totally, you know, you know, with the world building issue, they could have dug into that character. People could know about Johnny rehab. Maybe some people are even into Johnny rehab. I'm like, Hey, yeah, yeah. we can't wait to get like evicted from our homes because we're so in love with Johnny rehab. We just want it to happen. But yeah, yeah, I think that was a bit of a miss. No job. Yeah, big miss. Yeah. The rehab leader is, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not exciting at all. We need a Johnny rehab. Yeah. He's like watching paint dry. He is. He totally is. It's like he's just a cardboard cutout that they put here and then they moved over here and then they moved over here. (laughs) That's it. That's another thing. Like (laughs) they don't tell us anything about him. They're just like, Here he is. We're going to put him in a bunch of scenes, so you better respect his character. But I don't, yeah. because I don't no. know who the fuck he is or what he's doing. I mean, who cares about yeah. him? Yeah. Where, does he, where does he stand in like the uh, hierarchy of OCP? I have no idea. Sometimes it yep. looks like he's in the middle. Sometimes it looks like he's on the top. What's going on? Why, don't, why yeah. won't you tell us? And the actor's not really doing anything to be like weird or interesting. You know, he's no. not... You know, like how Kurtwood Smith was just so incredible in that first one, just being so oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, like totally something like that. You know, we needed something from this guy. This guy was, uh, yeah, this guy was no good. Now here's your synopsis for the movie. Robocop saves the day once more. This time, the half man, half robot, takes on ruthless developers who want to evict some people on their land. So, I mean, I guess it's fairly accurate, but also makes the mm-hmm. movie sound incredibly boring. Yeah, true. Like, it reminds me of um, Superman when his arch nemesis in the movie is land formation. Right. <laughs> like, we're going to make the land grow. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you have to prevent, Superman. Exciting mm-hmm. stuff, Tim. Uh, yeah. Could, could you maybe throw in another su- superhero? Instead of land? Eh. <laughs> what about another super? Oh, okay. Well, we'll just deal with the land. 
Fight Set weather. Part two. Well, we'll get the supers in part two. Uh, uh, well, shout out to Superman. It's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. They're remember all great movies. remember all, all the child nudity in Superman? Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was shocking. It was very shocking. That's very shocking. Full yeah. frontal child nudity in Superman, yeah. the original movie. Yeah. Very shocking. Yeah. Was not expecting that. <laughs> In nope. Superman. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry that we had to revisit that. Yeah. Now, released in 1993 with a budget of $22 million, this film grosses $47 million, And that's very close to the gross of both the previous movies. So, I, I don't mean, I can't imagine they were expecting anything really different. They probably yeah. just wanted to hit this number as well, and they did, so fine. Yep. Directed by Frank Decker. Fred. Oh, Fred? Yeah, I think it's Fred. Directed by Fred Decker, and he is more of a horror comedy guy. Mm. Uh, he has directed Night of the Creeps and The Monster Squad, and he directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and he wrote the script for House and House 2. Cool. So I would have been down for some horror comedy vibe in this movie. Dang. Now that you I didn't know that. And uh, Night of the Creeps rules. It's amazing. I love it. I watched it this year. That vibe would have been so fun. That's would have been so needed. fun for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this movie needed. Yeah. Dang. Cinematography by Gary B. Kibb. And he's done several John Carpenter movies, which had me very excited to see what he would do with Robocop. Yeah. And I would say it was nothing to write home about. It was just uh, no. pretty much straightforward. Put your camera here and hit record. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because uh, Carpenter movies are very cool. Like, usually when they're shot, they're doing very neat things. So, uh, yeah, this was... I, I, I would say I didn't notice anything where I was like, ah, that's a that's a neat shot. Not a single one. No. Nope. Not it was a single all just one. Like, here's here are the actors, put the camera right here in front of them, hit record, yeah. and just let it go. They did one thing where there was like a person close to the camera, a person far away, and they're both in focus, that kind of thing. They did that once. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and it was like not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, those damn bastards. They tried to make it happen in RoboCop 2, and they accomplished it here in RoboCop 3. They got rid of Peter Weller as RoboCop. Yep. Now, I call them damn bastards because I, I wanted to, but um, it was actually because Peter Weller had like scheduling conflicts with another movie. Okay. So, you know, at the same time, if you really wanted Peter Weller, maybe you could move your production schedule. But I also understand that Just wait. that's a big deal. Maybe you don't yeah. want to do that. So uh, I will blame them. But at the same time, maybe it wasn't, you know, the producer's fault. But that's a miss. You got to have Peter Weller. He's RoboCop. He's the guy. It's a miss. I'm really sad he's not in this movie because I think he like obviously he is RoboCop. He's a great RoboCop. I will say, uh, what's his name? Robert John Burke. Yeah, was great. I think he was awesome. He was, f- yeah, totally fine. Yeah, 
good movements, good walking, good voice. It's like he's not Peter Weller. He's not Robocop. But for someone who had to step in, I think he did a good job. He had miming experience, which helped him with okay. the moves, helped him to yeah, be Robocop. because the moves were cool. And he was chosen because he could fit into the Robocop suit. Okay. So they had a low budget on this movie, or lower, and they had to reuse all the costumes and props. So there were very specific size dimensions sent out that you had to fit if you wanted to be Robocop. And they had, I think, two applicants, and he was one of them. Wow. Okay. um, Cool. They chose him because he could fit into the suit. Now, I mean, he had, like, great lips and cheeks and a lower chin. Yeah. Which is important for Robocop. It's what what you need. He sort of had that. His voice... That was a bit of a problem for me. Just not hearing, you know, even if they could have dubbed Peter Weller uh, over him, that would have oh, been, yeah. that would have worked. But for sure. Yeah. There's something a bit lost in the voice. Yeah. But with that criteria, just like you have to fit the suit, they could have done a Amazing. lot worse. So. They could have done yeah. way worse. Nancy Allen is back as Anne Lewis. I don't understand why she's in these movies. Our favorite. I find her utterly useless. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Basically, yes. I think there was a moment when this movie started and her character was first kind of on screen. And I was like, oh, I think we might get a good Lewis in this. I had a, I had a feeling. It just like felt like she had a little bit more agency, felt like she had a little bit more character to her. And then that went away immediately. It's because like, she, she blew a bubble with her gum. It might be. It might be. I was like, wow, you know, this is going to be a great Lewis. And then it just like the next time she was on screen, I was like, oh, no, they just like don't care about her at all. Like she's I don't know. She's not a great character in these movies, unfortunately. (laughs) No, not at all. Like, I I get that she's Robocop's partner and is supposed to be like this connection to his humanity. But rarely do they dig into it in a way that's meaningful or interesting. No. It's it's just there. Yeah, especially in this one. Like it's almost like they try, but they don't. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Great list of characters though in this movie. This is one of the things that really really makes this movie fun. Yeah. Y- you have Rip Torn as the CEO of OCP. Uh he's been in a ton of movies. I love him. As Scully in Summer Rental. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Stephen Root, do you can you Dean, you can chime in with uh, where you might know these people from as well if you want. But Stephen Root playing a resistance fighter. He's Milton from Office Space. Great, yeah. Actor director Shane Black is one of Lewis's partners in the movie. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Lewis is with two other guys, and one of them is Shane yeah. Black. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I think he was, like, best friends with the director. Hmm. Okay. Mako, the voice of Aku and Sam Jack, and the wizard in Conan. Cool. Is the, uh, what's his name? Konamitsu. Yeah. The yeah, owner, cool. owner of the Japanese uh, company. Bradley Whitford. <laughs> Yes, hell yes. <laughs> As the greasy OCP exec. Yeah, Man, amazing. Great role for him. 
he will always be Roger Latimer from Nerds in Paradise for me. Okay, nice. Just the like the same role almost, except he's yeah. got a sweater tied around his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, man! He plays such a he plays such a dickhead in that movie. He's got so many great roles, and uh, for me, it's Cabin in the Woods. Um, okay, I've seen it, but I don't like, remember him in that. Oh, his character in Cabin in the Woods for me is is just perfect. I is it, it the same type of thing? Because I feel like he's kind of typecast in a way. Where he's like the, it's the, the yeah, jerk. You he's know like what? the jerk in a way. He's a bit of a, an it, asshole. It's kind of the same type of thing, except his involvement in the movie is sort of like the secret, the fun of the movie. Okay. So it's like it's a little bit it's a little bit more fun than he is here, but he's kind of got a similar attitude. I need to watch that again. Yeah, it's great. Daniel Von Bargen playing a resistance fighter as well. I have trouble seeing him as anything else other than Nyx from Lord of Illusions. He will oh, always okay. be that guy for me. Yeah, cool. And Jill Hennessy from Law and Order playing the doctor who works with Robocop. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, shout out to the little girl Nico, played by Remy Ryan, who's not in a lot of stuff. But man, yeah. she was excellent in this movie. This is an example of like child acting gone right. Yep, I 100% agree. I think she was great. Uh, she really reminded me of Daniel Harris from Halloween 4 and 5, uh, which is, uh, again, watching those movies, like, that girl is carrying those movies, like, yeah. on her back, which yeah. is kind of, like, wild for, like, a 8 to 10-year-old. I don't know how she old, is, old she is in that movie, but to, like, carry that movie. And, yeah, I, I had the same type of vibes in this. I was like, she is doing an excellent job. Remy is doing an excellent job in this movie. Music by Basil Polidorus, and I am always down for a Polidorus score. Yeah. Um, he did Conan the Barbarian and the Destroyer. He also did the first Robocop, and he did Starship Troopers. This guy's soundtracks awesome. rock. Yep, they rock, and they stick in your head. Um, maybe in this movie because they just keep playing it over and over, but, like, that's great. It's just, like, I'm after I'm done the movie, I'm just, like, chanting it <laughs> yeah. like it's it's awesome all right so the konamitsu corporation has taken over ocp and instituted the urban rehabilitation officers or rehabs in order to clean up the crime in the streets of detroit that now resemble a war zone and we see the rehabs are relocating citizens in certain areas that OCP has taken interest in. We meet the young girl, Nico, and her parents. They're living in one of the areas of interest. Her dad tells her that they're safe, nothing to worry about, as a wrecking ball smashes through the wall of their house. Well, of, of their apartment. Yeah. That was intense. That caught me by awesome. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a, a great, great start. <laughs> great start. Yeah. Great start. I love it. I love how dark it is. Like, it's just like, there's this little moment of the, like, this dad telling her, his daughter that's going to be okay. And is like wrecking ball right through the wall. And like, this brings it back to the comic, you know, an idea yeah. from the comic that they started that comic off with. And when you open up that comic and read that, you're like, oh shit, like, that's what this is going to be about. This is what this is going to be like. They're just wrecking these houses with people in them. Awesome start. Yeah, very good. Just about killed her. Yeah. Came through the window beside her bed. The rehabs are cleaning up the streets of regular civilians so they can tear down the buildings they live in and build new shiny buildings. That's the plan. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I like the plan. You get more from the comic uh, that we reviewed. Um, but yeah, that, that this is their answer to all the crime and kind of like how dilapidated the city is. It's just force people out of their homes, yeah. tear them down, and rebuild new Detroit. Yeah. It's not even about crime. It's just about we're just going to build shiny buildings. And like that's how, that's our answer to making things better. Yeah. Yeah. So as Nico and her family are trying to get away, they're down on the street now. Like everybody's terrified. Everybody in the building's scrambling. Nico's running with her Robocop toy in hand. I like that. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Really nice. She gets separated from her parents and chased by a rehab. She's grabbed by Bertha, your nice trivia answer poll. I got it. The leader of the resistance fighters. They proceed to attempt to break into a police armory. They need weapons. They need to to suit up. Yeah, totally. (laughs) When you're resistance fighters, you need weapons. You need something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they try to rob the police. There's an Ed 209 standing in their way. Hell yeah. Little Nico, though, is a programming prodigy and reprograms Ed to help them. And Ed blows a hole in the wall so they can get in and take all the weapons they want. And among those weapons, they find and take a rocket suit. I like this Ed 209 part. Uh, I really like seeing Ed back in the movie. Same. Great. Awesome. Looks great. Doing stop motiony stuff. And it looks awesome. Looks very, like, smooth. Um, and yeah, the reprogramming thing is cool too. Uh, like she's got this little laptop that she brings with her. She just kind of plugs it in and starts like programming and then has reprogrammed Ed 209. Uh, it's just like, it, it's weirdly like very believable, <laughs> you know, that yeah. this this kid just can do this. This kid can do like this programming and just hack in. And I, I just, uh, I really bought it and I really like this part. I love Ed 209. I mean, yeah. thank you for putting him in the movie because- yeah. Two, just, I mean, he could be seen very briefly in two, and it was just kind of a throwaway. He actually had some lines in this movie and did something, yeah. so that's great. Yeah. But at the same time, he could be in it for way more. He's such a cool character. It could have been, like, with them after this, because it's like, now yeah. you have an Ed 209. Just, be, just stay with you for Dude, the rest of the movie. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Just Ed 209 joins the Resistance Fighters. Yeah, great. So Lewis and a couple other officers are called to go after Bertha's team because they just stole all these weapons. But Lewis ends up crashing in splatterpunk territory. Shit. I guess. We're just supposed to assume it's bad. The splatterpunks. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, they sound like they'll be easy to handle. Splatter. They they uh, spray paint SP everywhere, though, Tim. That's spooky That's terrifying. Stuff. then we see robocop tailing bertha but he pulls off when lewis sends out a distress call yeah i like it yeah yeah i like that too robocop literally drops in on them with his car like his car literally fell from the sky (laughs) yeah and like landed beside them yeah he drove off like an overpass or something off a ramp yeah he gets out he's got a minigun attachment on his right arm. This is another thing right out of the comic book. And he wipes out the splatterpunks. Yeah. Because they suck, basically. Well, here's okay, here's the thing about splatterpunks that I want to say. 
I'm excited about the Splatterpunks in the one scene that they get to talk to each other before, like, while they're, like, while Robocop's wiping them out, they, like, talk to each other about what to do with Robocop. And it's very, like, it's this, like, uh, futuristic dialogue. We don't understand really what they're saying. It's very Frank Miller. It's very, like, Dark Knight Returns, where he has, like, the mutants, I think is what they're called. And they're, like, this gang that dresses really strange and, like, talks in this really weird way that we don't really understand. It just felt really like that. And so I was really excited about the Splatterpunks actually after seeing that. I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to get some good Frank Miller shit in this, where the Splatterpunks are going to be, like, a major force in this movie. They're gone basically after this. Like they're there and they do stuff, but like totally out of your mind from this point on. And that sucked because I was excited about this little scene. They come back later for a fun part, but yeah, they're basically out of the movie. Um, I like that talking part as well because they're talking about how to kill RoboCop. Yeah. And one of the guys is trying to convince the other guy, like we have to shoot him in the mouth. Yes, exactly. That's that's the whole idea of that's where the humanity is because that's what that's where the skin is. So that part must be human. Therefore, if you shoot it, you must be able to kill him. So yeah, I liked that uh, insertion of dialogue there. Now, Kanemitsu is not pleased with how OCP's timeline for relocation is progressing. And he sends out help in the form of Otamo, the android ninja. Jeffrey Fleck is uh, this greasy OCP exec. Mm. He goes to find out why Robocop disobeyed a direct order and stopped chasing Bertha. And Dr. Lazarus tells him it was because Robocop decided to help Lewis. Right. So Fleck orders her to do away with Robocop's abilities to make his own decisions by installing a neural barrier. And the doctor says, okay, but she doesn't do it. Yeah. Now, I definitely liked this because we already saw this in RoboCop 2. You know, they already like yep. changed his programming. And while I really liked that aspect of RoboCop 2, I don't think I need to see that again. So yep. I'm glad that, you know, they sort of introduced the idea, but then they didn't do it. Same. I I really liked this and I really liked how it was edited together where like Robocop is then like let out to do whatever, like whatever the next mission was, he's out on the street. And then you cut back to her back in the lab with like a hammer smashing the chip that she was supposed to put in his head. So, you know, oh, now she didn't do it. Like that's when you kind of find out. And I thought that I thought that worked for me. Um, Just like that cut back to her smashing and then cut back to him out in the out in the field. Yeah, and it's a cool switch here, too, because in RoboCop 2, the doctor was against him. Dr. Fax was the one reprogramming him. Now you have Dr. Lazarus, who's like a sympathetic doctor and is actually trying to help him, not hurt him. So he had an ally. So that's a nice 180. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And it's nice that the doctor was the ally, you know, the one that's like working so closely with him. Um, I, I just like that, 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 that she would see that there's like, some humanity here. He made a choice for himself. And why would we want to get rid of that? So she doesn't do it. Right. Now, Robocop starts having memories of being a kid, which has been triggered by meeting this young girl, Nico. So he tracks her down, but the rehabs follow. And they're in like this church. They're hiding out in this church. Robocop saw her go in. So he knew she was there. 
the rehabs want to take all the people out and take them in for relocation. Uh, I get the feeling that (laughs) relocation means you get put on a bus and like driven off a cliff or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's my idea for that, for relocation. Yeah. I think they tell you that you're going to a better place. We just want yeah. to move you to a better place with a better job. I think you're. Be- I think you're right, Tim. I think you're being driven yeah. off a cliff. That We're bus s- is. The driver's jumping out of his side, exactly. and that bus is going off a cliff. We're sending you all to heaven. Yeah, better. It's better there. So, it, I like this because they want to take all these people out, and now RoboCop has another decision to make. On one hand, he's supposed to serve the public trust and protect the innocent, which is the people inside. But on the other hand, he's supposed to uphold the law, which is the rehabs on the outside telling him, move aside. We have to get these people out. So I thought this was actually a really interesting concept that they figured out a scenario where his prime directives would conflict with each other. Very cool, very cool idea for the movie that like the rehabs, which are like kind of police officers, are not protecting the innocent. And so how you're you're supposed to obey them and not harm them, but you're also supposed to protect the innocent. But if they're not doing it, then what do you do? Like where I like that conflict. It was highlighted in this scene, which is really nice. So that makes this um, it does make it a a really strong point in the movie. Uh, I, I was enjoying it here. Then we see, though, a fourth directive, which is never oppose an OCP officer. Hmm. Where the hell did this come from? Yeah. The movie just throws this in? It did, yeah. We know RoboCop has three directives. I mean, yeah, yeah, in the last movie, he got an extra like 1,800 or something, but (laughs) those got wiped out and... Actually, yeah. all his directives got wiped out at the end of that movie. He was down they? to zero, I think. Yeah, I think he was down to zero at one point. Or is that the comic book? I don't know. See? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It's all muddled in my head. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, okay. In RoboCop 2, he at least went back to just three, yeah. if yeah. any at all. But now, right. all of a sudden, he's got an extra one. He's got four. Yeah, weird. I don't know, man. This type of stuff offends me. When I'm watching a movie and they just throw something in like this, something yeah. that's so so, ne- so important and they don't say anything about it. They just try to like ram it in there. Like all of a sudden he has four directives. He's not supposed to oppose an OCP officer because that supports our narrative in this movie. That's yeah. That's not but fair like, for us. Yeah. So what's three? What's directive three? He's not supposed to harm. Three is uphold the law. Uphold the law. I think he did have you can't harm OCP officer because in the first one didn't someone someone needed to be fired right the guy the guy needed to be fired in order for him to be able to shoot him no he had he he's had he has three prime directives I he know has he has three serve the public three, trust protect yeah, the innocent yeah. and uphold the law okay maybe it's not a prime directive in that movie then I mean maybe it was like his morality was kicking in or something but but like there's like there's that thing where he has to fight he has someone has to get fired for him to shoot him right. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm off here. But, but... you're right. No, like, like I, I'm with you. Like, there, there is only three. I'm just confused about what that part was in one. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. Well, neither do I. 
I was like, what's this fourth? What's Where did this come from? What's going on? So I definitely had your same thoughts. Anyways, Robocop shoots at the feet of the rehabs and tells them, tells them to back off. So he's kind of like, he's playing the middle ground here. Yeah, yeah. Lewis says, yeah, if you want in, you'll have to shoot through us. So they do. They, yeah, uh, not smart words if you're not wearing a vest. <laughs> they gun Lewis down. Jeez. Then they hit Robocop with a grenade launcher. The resistance fighters come out and start shooting at the rehabs as Robocop brings Lewis into the church where she dies. Robocop says, officer down, and I feel nothing inside. Wow. Because I don't give two shits about her character. No. And I'm actually happy that she's out of the movie now. I don't, like, this This part doesn't really, yeah, uh, uh, move me. Um, and it is also because of the part before, like, that preceded it, where she's going into the car and someone's like, oh, hey, Lewis, <laughs> do you want your vest? <laughs> as soon as she says, no, I don't want it, I'm like, you're dead. You're yeah. dead in five minutes. Like, the first time I was watching it, the first time where I didn't know that she was going to die, I was like, you are now dead in five minutes in this movie because you didn't take your vest. I don't need that part. I don't need the part where someone's like, hey, you want your vest? Just don't be wearing a vest. It's fine. <laughs> like, it, it's okay. You don't have to explain it to us. It's fine. So, yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, it didn't, it didn't shock me. It didn't, uh, it didn't move me. Um they tried their hardest in the movie with him carrying her through the church. I was like, oh, man, they're trying here. They're really trying. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, no, there's uh, th- th- this wasn't impactful. No, you have to build the character up before the scene like yeah. that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, if anybody out there has Anne Lewis as their favorite character in Ro- Robocop, I apologize. I'm sorry yeah. that she didn't work for me. Um, but this is just my take. Yeah, we all. I think she. Have I think she works in the first movie for me. I think. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. It's been a while. It's been a while since we we watched that one, so I would have to give it another give it another watch to see. But uh, I think I liked her. I think I like Lewis in that movie. Okay. Yeah. Follow up on that later. Okay, I'll follow <laughs> up on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe Re- the wrap up, Tim. Rewatch it and then uh, let us know. I'll let you know. Think. Maybe I'll bring that to the wrap up. Yeah. I've never liked Lewis's character, short of okay. the Robocop 2 graphic novel, where she was so badass and awesome. Yeah, way better. Yeah. So Robocop teams up with this resistance fighter group, which I just think is a really fun call in this movie. This is, yeah. a, this is a great choice. Yeah. They head to the sewers where Robocop passes out because he's been hit by the grenade launcher. Yeah. Uh, this was in the RoboCop 2 comic, one of my favorite parts, uh, but done way better in the comic. Um, it, it had like a real, real well-timed comedic place in the comic book. And right. that was totally lost here. They just kind of yeah. like picked a moment for him to pass out. And there was nothing funny about it. It was just like, oh, RoboCop passed out. He's damaged. And, and that, was, that was kind of the end of it. So uh, a bit of a miss there from how great it was in the comic. Yeah, very forgetful in the movie, actually. Yeah. Um, would have liked just a big ton of brick fall through something like yeah. he does in the comic. That would have been awesome. In the comic, he falls through a wall. 
like yeah. an entire wall. And yeah. it, w- it was great. Here he just kind of falls in the sewer, like in the water. And it was just, He's just kind of like tripping whatever. and yeah. stumbling and he just kind of falls. Yeah, not good. He needed to like, yeah, honestly, just break something. If he could have just fallen through a table, even just something would have been great. I think that's the comedic value. It's that yeah. he must weigh so much because yeah. he's a cyborg that if he just falls over, stuff is going to get destroyed. So let that yeah. happen. But yeah. they just drop him in water and he just makes a splash and it's it's no big yeah. deal. No. Now, the news is saying that Robocop killed Lewis and has joined the terrorist forces. So this is a small piece of the news sharing their propaganda for you know their own reasons yeah it's kind of like all you get out of the news in this movie true yeah but that's fine otamo has arrived in detroit and he's looking for robocop he runs into a few of the resistance fighters in the sewer and this is where the movie reveals to us that he's a cyborg as he kills these men and yeah, yeah. They, they like crack him in the face and his jaw is like dislocated out to the side. And then he kind of like he's moving it back and forth to get it into place. That looked pretty good. I'll give them that for the time. It rules. Yeah, I think it looks great. I think um, the jaw, like when he has the jaw to the side, I already think it like looks pretty cool. And I like that. It makes his face look all weird. But then he starts moving it back and forth, trying to like get it back into place. And I... That's that's way better, you know. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out as he's doing that what's going on, you know. Like because it's his face on the top, and like it must be like his regular face on the top. So he must just have this jaw piece underneath that he's moving back and forth. Uh, it, it looks awesome. I thought it was really cool. It did look good. Yeah, I was thinking animatronic. I don't know. Maybe the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing could yeah, be I animatronic. Maybe the whole I thing. thought. Yeah, I thought maybe he was like the regular guy was wearing some sort of mask. That's what I thought at first. So when he started moving it, then I was really like confused. Possible. Yeah. Nico has gone to get the doctor so that she can help fix Robocop, whose efficiency is now down to 12%. Oh, no. Oh, shit. It's not very efficient. And that's a terrible efficiency rate for anybody keeping track of efficiency rates. 12 (laughs) is shit. 12 is low. It's not out of 12, it's out of 100. Yeah, it's out of 100. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Now, after assessing him, the doctor says he needs a new heart. So they start working on him. We see from Robocop's view a couple of times as he wakes up during the repairs. This is something I like. I like, you know, they did this yeah. in Robocop 2, but it was when the like the bad guys were taking him apart. Now yeah. you've got the people on his team trying to save him. But I just like that view of him lying on the table, looking up, kind of like cutting in and out of different time periods with people talking and they're always like, Oh shit, he's awake. You know, turn him off, turn him off and you get these. It's just this weird, uneasy. Um, It's kind of like a dreamlike vibe because that's yeah. almost like, that's almost what they're going for is he's like supposed to be unconscious or sleeping or if you will. And yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, if, when you're like a kid and you're sleeping and you wake up because maybe someone came into your room to like tuck you in or something like that. And you're kind of, you kind of wake up, but you don't even, you don't really wake up and you don't know if that's happening or not. And it's this foggy memory. I feel like whenever they do this, that's what I feel from it. 
Yeah. And and I like it for that reason. Yeah, it's a very like cool and unique uh, scene that they can create here and perspective that they can create. And it was really cool in Robocop 2. So I like that they found a way to do it again that is different because it, it, it had a very different feel last movie because it was very scary <laughs> because it's the bad guys doing it. So it's like, oh shit, if you were just like unconscious and then you came to and they were just like working on you, that'd be terrifying. And this one's like the opposite. They're like fixing him. They're working on him, but fixing him. And uh, yeah, so it, I, I liked the different feel of it, even though they could still do the cool scene, the cool effect. Yeah, I liked it more in two, where it is like yeah. the, the bad guy is doing it because this this whole RoboCop three, you can tell it's been toned down for children. Yeah, you know I think that's what they were going for. The RoboCop cartoon has come out before this, so mm. I think they were trying to target a younger audience, which yeah. which is why you have you know like RoboCop <laughs> teaming up with the good guys who, who who are supposedly the good guys in the movie. It's why you have the doctor working with him. It's why you have people helping him, not hurting him. Um, it's why you have why, a young girl, you know, that he's yeah. working with and, and has a, affection for uh, it's yeah. It's why nobody gets melted and hit by a car and disintegrated. Yeah. I was going to say, it's why o- the only extreme violence is on robots. Right. right. There's no like super gory extreme violence on anyone that's human. Yeah. And it's why the violence, even yeah. robot to robot, is not that great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, it's I a kid's never movie. really thought about it's that. A, it's it basically is, it a, kid's is a kid's movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So Robocop wakes up. We see his prime directives listed. And the dumb fourth one has been deleted. Good. Delete that Thank shit. You. Thank Back you. to three. That was a rare just bug in his system that created that. It's just one. a bug, yeah. It's just a bug. He just needs to reboot. That up. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you try turning it on and off? Yeah. Robocop. Did you try turning yourself on and off? <laughs> he hadn't rebooted in like a year. <laughs> Shit. He he clicked on a link in an email and he got yeah, this fourth directive. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, we get a scene with Robocop and Nico bonding. And I didn't want to like it, but I did. <laughs> I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, it's good. I'll lock it a lot. <laughs> Great, Sorry. Tim. Sorry. Great. Uh, hopefully I edit that. If I didn't edit that's, it out. That's in a, out. In post. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the movie needed more of this, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I think the movie should have been more about RoboCop protecting Nico, like really yeah. taking her under his wing and the protection of this child being like his new directive. Yeah, I, I think the this movie is a lot about RoboCop making choices and those choices are dependent on friends because he's also has memories of his family. So like he likes these memories of friends and family and that's what's making him make these decisions that is what really should have been focused on. Like, that's just like, they, they show us that stuff, but that's not really focused on. And it really could be here, I, especially with this bonding moment. I agree with you. There could have been a lot more of this. Um, and this could be, this is the only person who like relates to him. Like he, he's, he's doing all these things for friends and family, but like he actually has no connection at all. Um, his connections with Lewis, but like, it's not really there. It's kind of fake. Yeah. And then this is the only time he actually connects with someone in the movie. Yeah. There could have been way more of this. I mean, it would have been a great duo, you know. Yeah, he's this 
like super powerful cyborg. You know, she's she's a hacker, a, t- a tiny little girl, but she's a hacker. She can hack into yeah. Ed two hundred nine. She can hack yeah. into whatever you want. This would have been such a fun duo to watch. Just go around and do whatever they need to do. Yeah, these two, like in a scenario of like Judge Dredd, where they go in on the ground floor and have to make their way up to the top of OCP or something like that. Hey. That would have been so much fun. That sounds like a great movie, Tim. It would be so much fun. But this is all we really get from them is this moment yeah, where they're bonding, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, like, Nico wants to get back to her family. Robocop scans for her parents and finds out that they've been killed. So he's trying to be like, he's trying to have some compassion, even though he's a cyborg. And he says, they'll never really be gone as long as she remembers them. Yeah. So like, that's good. Like, it's not great. Like, that's not really going to help a kid. Just, oh, if you just remember them, everything's going to be fine. But I get that he's a robot, right? And he's trying to find yeah. some sort of silver lining in the situation. And also, this is exactly his situation, right? Yeah. He All he has is memories of his family. And he's holding on to that. And that's maybe that's what's keeping him, you know, that's what's keeping his humanity is that he has these memories. Yeah. So he's sharing with her, like how keep these memories have them and that will keep you like kind of you know whole with with your family it'll you know you'll you'll they'll be with you forever because yeah they're with me forever in that way yeah i i yeah i think that uh he's helping in the best way he can and this is how he knows how because i think you're right this is how he's connecting to ones that he's lost is through his memories i don't know if it's on purpose or not uh but nico like looks at him like that's bullshit what do you know you're a tin can (laughs) like she gives him this look that she's just like i don't know about that but i i I don't know if it's on purpose or not because uh either way i like it you know because he's helping as best as he can and she's just like well i mean they're not here like i don't know if that's like that's not helping me like you said that's not helping me right now the most that it could but he's doing the best he can you just like have this cool unique relationship Yeah, yeah it's good stuff yeah for sure so RoboCop goes out after the rehabs for killing Lewis and he torches their floor at OCP. And a nice twist here, as we learn, one of the resistance freedom fighters is feeding information to McDaggett, the right. uh, rehab leader. Yeah. RoboCop actually walks in on them talking together. <laughs> and... McDaggett has to escape. Did you see his jump out of the window? Dude. And like he landed on his feet. <laughs> subsequent roll off of an awning yeah. and onto his feet. He landed on his feet. This was like complete ninja territory. Ninja. Yeah. This was amazing. That, that's He's so man. Yeah. Is an Iga or, or Koga ninja. 100%. <laughs> totally. Like 100%. Totally. It was amazing. He like, it was amazing because he was in trouble. He had a gun pointed on him and all Robocop did was like recognize Steven Root there. Like just like recognize that he is there in the room. And as soon as he took his eyes off of that guy, 
That guy grabs a briefcase, jumps out the window, rolls on the top of something, and lands on his feet on the ground, and then just like and leaves. keeps running. It was amazing. amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I can't believe he landed on his feet and grabbed that briefcase so quickly and like tuck and roll. It was amazing. It was like five seconds long and one of the most impressive things in the movie. Yeah, it was the coolest ninja feat that happened in this movie, and there were other ninjas in this movie. There, there were actual ninjas cyborg in movie. ninjas in this movie. <laughs> cyborg and ninjas. Yeah, he was the coolest ninja. He was the coolest. Now, he jumps into an armored van, and <laughs> Robocop gets into a pink pimp mobile with <laughs> LED lights inside, and we get a pretty fun chase and gunfight scene yeah. here. And what I liked was that they finally injected some humor into the movie here because yeah. Robocop's driving this, this car and it keeps getting destroyed by Nick Daggett, like blowing stuff off of it and hitting it with grenades and lighting it on fire. Um, and like it slowly is disintegrating to the point where yeah. <laughs> like, Robocop's driving a car. It's got no roof. It's got no doors. It's like an engine and a trunk, but he's still driving down the road in it. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Like it looks so, it looks where so funny. Where was, where was more of this? I, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it looks so funny. This is and you like Robocop's huge, right? So he's huge. He's oh, he's in this huge pink, in that little he's in this car. Pink car, pink car with <laughs> like the leopard print seats yeah. or whatever they are. Like it looks so funny. It's so great. This is Fred Decker for sure. I have no doubt in my mind. This is the type of thing he does. This is the type of comedy he has. It would be this. This is not. I don't feel like this is a Frank Miller thing. I feel like this oh, is no. a Fred Decker thing for sure. Um, yeah, more of this. More of this, please. This was such a fun scene. Yeah, if you're gonna make it to, if you're gonna make it a kids movie, like give yeah. us more stuff like this, you know, make it yeah. just just go all the way with it. Don't go halfway. I feel like yeah. they went halfway with it. You know, we want to do and a even, kids movie, but we still need to make it RoboCop. Well, that's not gonna yeah. work. Go go kids movie Ro RoboCop or go like adult movie RoboCop. But when you land in the middle, you're not pleasing anybody. Yeah, well, you're. I think the problem is. You have Frank Miller writing it and Fred Decker directing it. Yeah. Those are two <laughs> totally different vibes. And you're trying to do both things. Like totally. you're trying to accomplish both. That's two totally different vibes. Um, one thing about this this uh, chase too, uh, it was a small detail that I just uh, noticed this time around. Didn't notice last time. And that was uh, when uh, this guy throws money out because there's like kids playing like hockey in the street. And yep. so, like, they move out of the way because cars are coming. Mm -hmm. And so, after he passes, he throws money out so the kids will, like, scramble in the middle to get the money. Yep. And when RoboCop's coming up and they're all, like, in the street, like, grabbing money, it says, like, caution children playing. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny because they're not, they're just, like, grabbing for money in the street. And it's, like, children playing. Uh, it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess he doesn't have like all the translations down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like mad scramble just, for money was like children general. Playing. He has like general yeah. generalizations in his programming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Made me laugh. It was a good move, though, when he threw the money up. He's like, how do it I was, get Robocop off my yeah. tail? He saw a bunch of kids. Smart. He's like, I'll throw the money. They'll go after it. They'll block the road. Yeah. So McDaggett gets away. And the resistance fighters traitor, he goes back to their base and tells them it will be all over in a few minutes. Oh, what does that mean? Hor horrible move by him, by the way. 
Like, just don't say anything. If they're going to be in there in a few minutes, why do you have to be like, haha, it was me, and you're all going to be dead. Someone just sneaks up on him in a second and has a gun to his head. Like, because they always want, like, they always want, they always want to let to you know. know. Yeah. They want to let you know it's me. Yeah. yeah. I was the one feeding the information. <laughs> I'm better than all of you. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. So rehabs come smashing through the windows and they kill Bertha. Shit. The doctor helps Nico get away before she's grabbed. Then um, this really weird and jarring animation that we mentioned before that comes out of nowhere. Just this commercial for the, the Johnny rehab toy. Yeah. So, I, th- I mean, I think the commercial was cool, but yeah. it didn't get set up at all. I don't know. Probably would have worked better if we were just watching the news for like five seconds yeah. or 10 seconds, and then they put the commercial in there so that we know it's a commercial. I don't know it what they were of, trying yeah. to do. Just, like, yeah, like having it come out of nowhere, like you're saying. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. Um it's there. There isn't anything else like this in the movie. You know, it's the only thing. It's the only time. It feels like it should have been in last movie, um, where they were doing those commercials every now and then that yeah. were like pretty funny. Um, I like the animation though. Like it's it's like kind of like looks like Ren and Stimpy or something, and it's like extreme violence in it. So I like the idea that this is what they would do with their commercial. Is this like just over the top violence of this Johnny? Uh, or Johnny Rehab, like beating up these um, uh, splatter punks. But yeah, it's just like it, it, with context in the movie, it just doesn't quite work or fit. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I liked, I like seeing it. It just, yeah, like know, on its own, it's good. Like many things in this movie, it just could have been done better. Yeah. So McDaggett goes to OCP and he says he needs 50 cops to help him take down the next community. But the cops refuse, so he enlists the Splatterpunks for help. Now, this, I thought, was another really, really fun idea. Yeah. I loved watching the Splatterpunks suiting up in armor and weapons. Like, the Splatterpunks, they're not all that smart. You know, (laughs) I don't feel like they've, you know, had any sort of education. Yeah. And all of a sudden OCP comes to them and they're like, we, you want to help us out? You know, we'll suit you up and you can kill a bunch of people. They think that's great. And it's just funny watching them putting armor on and choosing machine guns and being all excited and happy about it. This was fun. Yeah. Ton of fun. Another good moment here where the cops who refused to help the rehabs have now shown up to protect the neighborhood the rehabs are going after. Yeah. That was a good moment. Yeah, I think all these ideas at the end are are pretty good. Even the cops, like, when they're quitting, they're quitting, like, one badge at a time. You know, it's like the it's like the Rudy scene where everyone comes in and says, you know, Rudy can have my spot. Rudy can have my <laughs> spot. It's so, it's so good. Uh, they all just drop their badge and leave. And then they go out and like go to the people who of the neighborhood that's going to be taken, and they're like, "All right, all all the all the people who can't fight, you go hide in the basement. Everybody else, you're our deputies. Let's do this shit." I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah, like this, these types of ideas, like the the cops helping out the people, and RoboCop joining 
you know, resistance fighters and, and Robocop, you know, kind of like following this young girl around. This is all stuff that would absolutely not work in Robocop one because it's just right. such a different type of movie, but it, it does work in Robocop three because of what they're going for. So yeah, these are the elements of fun that I really think make this movie watchable and, and will probably have me, you know, like I mentioned, watching it at least, no, not at least, but only one more time in my life. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I just wish they would have, you know, embraced it, it fully embraced it. Yeah. Now, Otamo, the cyborg ninja, catches up to Robocop and we get a cyborg fight. Now, we've been waiting for this. Yep. And it was a total letdown. <laughs> it's very forgettable. <laughs> very forgettable <laughs> cyborg on cyborg fight. Uh, the doctor and Nico work together to get a feed on the news network. And the doctor tells the people watching about OCP's plan to drive people from their homes for business reasons. Right. Now, Robocop is a bit damaged from his fight with Otamo, but finds his jetpack that the Freedom Fighters stole. That was for yeah. him. That jetpack was for him. And he straps in. He catches up to the big shootout and starts wrecking shit. He is wrecking shit. So it turns out that Robocop with a jetpack is virtually unstoppable. Yeah, it's good. That's um, what I gather from this. Yes, definitely unstoppable. I remember, so when the jetpack like entered the movie, I was like, oh yeah, he flies around on a jetpack at the end of this thing. And then when it happens, I'm thinking like, what, he's just going to show up in a jetpack and like save the day? Yeah, he is because he is unstoppable in a jetpack and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, the effects were a bit dated. They were okay though. They were okay. They were, yeah. they were a bit a bit off, but they were okay. They're and okay. And hot damn, does he make quick work of the rehabs and Done. the splatterpunks? Unstoppable in the no air. No problem. Yeah. Robocop then goes to McDaggett at OCP, where we see there are two more Otamos. So I'm very happy to see this because yeah. the first fight was a letdown and maybe they did that on purpose because they have more coming. So I'd like to give them, you know, a bit of uh, leeway here. Nico and the doctor show up. Nico hacks into one of the Otamos and makes them fight against each other. Right. Yeah. Great. I mean, you know, another Good great idea. callback. She, she's been yep. hacking a few times in this movie. Great idea. Yep. And they end up cutting each other's heads off. Yeah. And I like, I like that one of their faces is super messed up. You know, it's like super broken up in this scene. Um, and I think it looks pretty cool. Like, again, I, it must be like animatronic or a mask or something, but I think it looks pretty cool. Pretty good effect. Yeah. I guess, uh, w what does that do for you? It helps you, like, distinguish the two between each other or, or what? Yeah, I think it helps you distinguish the two, but also I just think it, like, I think it looks cool. Like, if you have a robot, do something cool. Do something right. cool with it that you wouldn't do with a human. So I like just, like, totally smashing up the face so it's all, like, warped and messed up. And it just, like, makes that robot look really weird and unique. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So McDaggett has a bomb. And in 15 seconds, it's going to blow. 
So Robocop puts his jetpack back on. He grabs Nico and the doctor and flies away as the OCP tower is blown to shit. I got, oh, yeah. I got fooled a bit here. Mm. I got fooled because of the movie Wonder Woman. Okay. I was expecting Robocop to grab that bomb, fly out of the building, and toss that bomb into the air. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I like what he did far better. Yeah, he just left leave. the bomb there. <laughs> just leave the building. Leave for McDaggett to absorb. And he took yeah. his friends out of the building and left. Yeah, yeah. Robocop and Wonder Woman, very different heroes. <laughs> very different. Yeah. I like them both. In this instance, like both. Robocop's move, very nice. But yeah. in Wonder Woman's defense, the bank was full of people. She couldn't have possibly freed them yeah. all and gotten them all out at the same time. She only had one play. But I like Robocop's did a good move. move here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kanemitsu shows up in Detroit in person. He sees all the destruction on the street. He sees that Robocop is still alive and he bows to Robocop. Wow. I guess he respects him for destroying his three ninja or something. Destroying the three ninja and blowing up the OCP tower. <laughs> yeah, he gets a bow. I mean, if that doesn't get you respect, I don't know what does, Tim. I don't know either, yeah. Rip Torn asks Robocop, what should they call him? Murphy? Robocop says, my friends call me Murphy. You call me Robocop. Ooh, sick burn and the end. Sick burn, roll the credits. <laughs> I like when the movie ends on a sick burn. <laughs> The greatest. Because <laughs> what, what is it? One? Uh, you say, call me Murphy? Is it? Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. What do we call you? Call, Murphy call me Murphy. Call me Murphy. Call me Murphy. Yeah. Now he's like, fuck you. <laughs> you can call me You Robocop. can call me Robocop. Yeah. P.O.S. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he said you P.O.S. <laughs> that would have been funny. Anyways, um... Lots of fun to be had in that movie, yeah, and at the same sure. time, lots of frustrating things that kind of like the, uh, the what if? What if they could have done this? You know, what, what yeah. if um, they went a different way? But it's fine. You know, I'm I'm happy we got that third movie. I'd rather see that than nothing. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it totally works, um, uh, but it's it's a fun time. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like watching it's it. A bit broken. It's kind of broken. I don't, yeah, I don't think it functions very well as a movie it's as fun- a whole. It's functioning at 12%. It's functioning at 12%. Exactly. Exactly, Tim. 12% of this movie is cooking. Yeah, it's is good. Yeah, yeah. It's cooking. It's really good. And the other, the other 78 is just it's a little un- bit. It's just a little, little bit undercooked. It's a little glitchy. <laughs> the other 78's glitching out of it. It's not really working. It needs a bit more time in the oven. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right on. Well, that was, that was fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please tell your friends about Talking Back. Please share an episode you think they might like. Just uh, spread the word about our podcast. And sign up on Patreon to get exclusive episodes. And now that this episode's over, don't worry. Head on over to bfopnetwork.com. And check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Or Dean 
will hack himself. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. He's a pro Tough. he's a programmer. I am a programmer. I've never tried to hack myself. Hopefully you won't have to. Hopefully there's no complaints about BFOP. We haven't had one yet. Not yet. Thankfully. Thankfully. Dean, thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.